Friday, everybody. We made it through the week, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any other service you use to listen to us. And if you're enjoying the show, please give us that five-star review. It really helps. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should brush up on the criteria at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, here we are. We made it through another week, but we don't have any fights this weekend. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Three, three, three uh, events in eight days is a lot. I just took a shower, and I was like, man, what am I going to do Saturday night? And I don't yeah, know yet. You don't have any college football. You don't have anything <laughs> going on in your life. Uh, the week before the Super Bowl, too, which is a dead dead weekend of sports, usually. Maybe I'll watch yeah. some college basketball or hockey or something. You you won't watch pro basketball, right? Uh, once in a while, if it's an intriguing game, uh, I'll watch. I, I, t- I tune in for the playoffs because it gets, you know, that that's more exciting to me. No, I understand. I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm a big hoop head, as you know. So I'm, uh, and I follow my Raptors, of course, 2019 champions. I'll hold on to that forever. <laughs> I, I didn't think they would ever win. I truly, in my life, did not expect that that team would win a championship because the NBA is a really hard uh, league to break through and win that title. And, I mean, I got used to over the years, good players didn't go to the Raptors. They just didn't. So I'll, I'll hold that one forever. That's fine. <laughs> they had a I got good a banner I'm looking year. at right here in this room. <laughs> NBA Finals champions. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we're not a we're not an NBA show. We're a mixed martial arts show, obviously. Uh, if you've been listening to the last 88 episodes, you know that. But before we dive into what we have for this episode, we have to look back at the most recent one from Monday. We made an error. We goofed. Little goof, but hey, we're human. No, no, we're <laughs> above human. All right, we're totally human. We to- we just we yeah, we just made a mistake here, and and we're going to fix it for you guys. It was when we were discussing the Brad Tavares versus Antonio Carlos Jr. fight from UFC 257 on Saturday. The scores were definitely 30-27 and 229-28s for Tavares. And round one was the split round there. But we had a little mix-up in who we said, which judge gave the 10-9 to which fighter. Really, what happened there was David Leatherby had 10-9 for Carlos Jr. And Ben Cartledge and Anders Olsen had 10-9 for Tavares. Both Dan and I... We had 10-9 for Carlos Jr., which means we didn't side with the majority. We sided with the outjudge, David Leatherby, who gets a couchside override. <laughs> yeah, so all the listeners who thought we were done with that stupid name, sorry, it's back. Which stupid name? Shoeface? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, who, which judge's name are you insulting? Is it is Because oh. I think these are fine names that the judges yeah, have. Shoeface, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a weird name to get and, and be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be Shoeface. I'm talking about our couchside override. Oh, that yes, uh, that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's delightful. I hear it's very popular, actually. I hope it gets big. I I think it's gonna probably we'll cross put it on t-shirts. It's gonna get out of MMA. People are gonna be talking about it. You know, probably in like presidential elections in in four years. Likely. I mean, anything can happen in an American <laughs> presidential election anymore. So, but that was all we had. We we had to make sure we got that straight. Got Leatherby the couchside override that he deserved, that he uh, rightfully won, uh, which means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme. But hey, it is what it is. Maybe that would be a judgey most couchside overrides. Oh yeah, we should do that at the end of the year. <laughs> I like that. Are we tracking that? We can. I mean, so early in the year, we can. 
I'm tasking you're gonna you're gonna uh, track that one. I'm I'm taking care of the other giant data pool. You can do the little stuff like this. I got my own data pool, bro. I know you do. I know. I'm excited for the uh, project you have. When you when you're ready to speak on it, when it's a little closer, why don't we uh why don't we make sure we give that a a plug? Well, yeah, it's got to it's got to grow in size. Exactly, exactly. We'll get to that. Maybe in the summer. All right. But that was all we have for right now. Uh, with with that, you know, little plug, little intro here. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of today, which is we're doing a past judgment. Oh yeah, good past judgment too, and not from the UFC. It's an old fight from it is our first Bellator. Yeah, this fight. is a this was a solid solid fight. It's a, honestly it's a borderline classic. Especially in the Bellator catalog. I think you can make the case that... You can probably make the case this is probably top five Bellator fights. Uh, Maybe even top, top three. Five. I don't know where it would situate, but it's probably top five. Um, and, and that, of course, is Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez, number two. Uh, we figured this was a good one to pick after Chandler had that really awesome debut the other day in the UFC. I watched this fight live. Did you watch it live? I don't remember. Okay. Now I was watching a lot of Bellator in that day. Like I was, I would watch every Bellator back then. There, there was a point in time where I stopped watching Bellator every week. I don't know if it was a life got too busy thing, or I was just less interested in the product because uh, they went, they went through that that you know angsty teen phase where it was like, hey, let's put Kimbo Slice and Data Five Thousand against each other. Oh, Rest in peace, Kimbo. Didn't I think didn't Data die too? No, he did. Oh. no, he didn't die. Oh, no, he's still alive. Okay, well that's good. He just looked I, dead in that fight that the two had. I mean, honestly, that that was a. I don't want to get into that fight. That was just a weird fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to always watch Bellator on because it's always on Friday nights. I worked Friday nights. Okay. So I would always have it on in the background. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. Was this maybe one of their pay per view events or no? No, actually, it, it's funny you say that because they were supposed. This was going to be their first pay per view event, and it was going to have uh, Rampage against Tito. Oh, okay, I remember that. And then it, it didn't come together at that point for one reason, one reason or another. So they ended up making it just on Spike TV. Okay, yeah, I did see Tito in the in the crowd. Yeah, during this fight, he does that. <laughs> he's got a now he's at town hall meetings virtually. <laughs> Strange. Strange where we end up here. But yeah, so let's let's dive in. Enough enough of this. We gotta we gotta get into the past judgment. So Dan, remind everybody how we score this. We haven't done it in a little bit. Yeah, the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which as I mentioned earlier is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three D's damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A ten nine round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three D's by a large margin. A ten eight can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two D's are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, start by setting up Chandler Alvarez 2. Yeah, so this was the headliner, uh, of course, of Bellator 106. Going all the way back, they, they've obviously run their numbered events more frequently than the UFC has over the years. Uh, this was at the convention and entertainment center in Long Beach, California on November 2nd, 2013 during season nine, back when they used to do kind of, you know, they would break it down as seasons in Bellator. It's funny. You uh, said this. I was trying to figure out what season it was from because I was going to yeah. actually buy it until I found it on the website. You were going to buy the season. Where can on you even buy this? Amazon sells the seasons for like two ninety nine. <laughs> Don't buy it. <laughs> I, well, I, no, I ended up finding it on Bellator's website. <laughs> Uh, there's there's, a num- there's numerous ways to watch these fights that don't involve 
purchasing it. Thank goodness well, you, but, you but, were able to find it. I told you to Google it. I when I when I, I said to I Google did. it, I meant that it would like come up right away, like it did for me. And the one that found I found was that terrible quality one that I had to watch the first time. And, and midway, I was like, I can't score it with this quality. I got to find a better version. Yeah, you got to Google better. You got to get your Google game up. <laughs> But anyway, so Chandler came into this one. He was 27 years old, 12 and 0, 10 finishes, only four years into his MMA journey, former wrestler, of course, uh, in the NCAA level. He beat Alvarez for the title by fourth round submission in another classic two years earlier. This actually, that might be the best Bellator fight ever. That fight. We'll have to watch that one. Well, we I'll, should. I'll have, it, I'll it ended it early. Anyway. It's, it's not one we would do for, for past judgment. We should go back and just watch it for fun because I remember watching that one. That was crazy. Yeah, that was Mike. That, I remember Eddie Alvarez and being like, who's this Michael Chandler guy? And he stands no chance against Eddie Alvarez. Alvarez does not lack for confidence. That is so. for sure. Um, but yeah, great, great fight. This is obviously a great series. But anyway, um, Chandler entering this one. He had twice defended the belt earlier in 2013. Rear naked choke victory over Rick Hahn in January. 44 second knockout of David Rickles in July. I mean, the kid was on fire. Uh, and here's pop quiz for you, Dan. I, I don't. I don't know if you'll get this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try it anyway. What current UFC lightweight beat Chandler in the 2009 NCAA wrestling tournament? Oh, okay. I thought. I thought you were gonna be like. I was gonna be like. Oh, Will Brooks knocked him out. No, and, no. But uh, in a wrestling match. To, to, yeah. This was a college match in 2009. Yeah, NCAA uh, tournament. They, they they were in the top eight. Fifty five. Which is all American level. Yeah. I don't know. Gregor Gillespie. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Jordan Burroughs won that year, by the way. Oh, no shock there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, for Alvarez, though, he was only 29 coming to this one, actually. So as much as he had more experience coming in at 24 and 3, he'd been fighting a long time and like Bodog fight and, and Dream and all these things. Um, he was not that much older than Chandler. Yeah, Chandler's only 27, right? Yeah, 27 and 29. Uh, and Alvarez was a part of the very first Bellator card. He was on Bellator one. Wow. So, you know, coming, coming from the, all the way in the beginning up to this point at this point, uh, definitely Bellator's top star, of course, um, when been one of the best way, lightweights in the world outside of the UFC for years. Um, and obviously he proved it when he got to the UFC and won the belt there. So forget about best outside the UFC it really was one of the best period. Oh yeah. Um, he had lost the belt, of course, uh, like we said to Chandler, but in the interim, he had beaten both Shinya Aoki who avenged, he was actually avenging a fight that he lost in Dream to Aoki. Uh, and he also beat Patricky Pitbull, both of them by first round uh, strike stoppages the mm-hmm. year before. Judges for this one, Mike Beltran, Derek Cleary, and Stephen Davis, who I am told is not the former Carolina Panthers <laughs> running back, Stephen Davis, who I really love. I'll just, I'll, I'm going to take that as truth. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> and the referee is Big John McCarthy. Let's go. Dan, round one, what'd we see? Round one? Chandler was was aggressive. He was the aggressor for sure, but he missed yes. he missed just about everything he threw for the first like three minutes. <laughs> he was he wasn't quite as successful in landing it. Yeah, uh, Alvarez was was doing some good counter shots. He landed uh, some good jabs, good right. But uh, once Chandler landed once, it seemed to open up the doors a bit for him. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, but really, the most most remem- memorable offense of that round is Chandler throwing Alvarez on his head. And then, big slam, big big slam, <laughs> and then grabbing it is uh, grabbing up a uh, rear naked choke, which he really didn't have a position secured, so he, he was going to fall off if if Alvarez. Yes, it was most didn't. definitely submission before position. Um, but yeah, I ended up scoring it ten nine Chandler. I obviously this is a Chandler round. I 
actually went all the way to 10-8 in our system. Although I recognize this is kind of a borderline case. I was very close to not going 10-8 here. But I said, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to push it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can do that. It's, it's our system. Do what we want. Um, so for this one, I, I actually weighed the strikes that he was landing. It was pretty good. I, I had him just like kind of a decent margin ahead of Alvarez in terms of how effective they were, the impact coming off of these strikes and that kind of thing. I just, I thought that ultimately he did edge out the striking I had period a, of this round. I, I disagree a little bit. I thought Alvarez had the striking edge, but it was definitely close. I think he had close. the volume, no, no question, but I do think that Chandler was landing harder. Possible. Uh, it's debatable. This is certainly, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to die on that hill, but I, I did go that way. But once you add in, and it wasn't just a regular takedown. Like you said, it was a, it was a high impact, high amplitude. He takedown. threw him on his that's head. Something that scores really well. Yeah. As yeah. far as, as far as I can tell, maybe I'm wrong about this. A judge could correct me, but I look at that as, as a very big deal. And yes, he didn't have the position to finish that choke, but he did have Eddie in some trouble. Hey, yeah. For sure. I mean, there's saliva being squeezed out of his face. <laughs> I almost feel like that was, that looked worse than it actually was yeah probably but and, you know and i recognize that as someone who actually went further with chandler but i did i, I just gave him that little extra to go to the 10 8 there because i thought it was a very very strong finish to the round all right but again you know I, it's another hill i'm not going to die on if, if you're telling me it's a 10 9 and that i should make it a 10 9 i get it i i can understand that i just see i just see a 10 9 i'm just glad you didn't you didn't go for alvarez i think this is pretty clear for chandler Oh, it's such a clear so, I mean, Chandler. I mean, that would be. Uh, I'd have a much bigger. Very, um, troubling, bigger I think, problem. if you saw this yeah. for Alvarez. I have a much bigger problem than that. The 10 8, I can live with that. Okay. So I'm glad. <laughs> I want you to live. But all three judges, they also had it for Chandler. No drama here. This was very easy. Um, moving on to round two, though. I thought this was actually the closest round of the whole fight. What did you think? Yeah, this is a close round. I think three might be closer, but we'll, we'll get to that one. But yeah. I think Chandler had a better offensive round on the feet than he did in round one in this round. Okay. But I he, think he probably, I, he probably found his groove is what you're saying. And I, but I just think Alvarez was just uh, a lot stronger. I mean, Chandler's eyes, a total mess. It is. He's definitely marking it up pretty well. Also Chandler, he got takedowns in this round. He just didn't do anything when he was there. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. We're talking about a fight that happened, you know, almost, it was more than seven years ago now. And you know, the scoring system's a little bit different. It doesn't really apply the same way as it does today. Um, I'm not as well-versed in what they were scoring back then. We've spoken about that before. And, you know, as of now, it, it almost doesn't seem really worth it to learn what they were doing until we need to discuss that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of put that on the back burner. I'm trying to focus more on knowing what we are supposed to be looking for today, right? So when you actually go back and watch this, again, I thought it was, I thought it was the closest round. I thought it was closer than the three. But... This was a round that Jimmy Smith Jr., who was on the commentary for this one, he thought that this was an Alvarez round. And, you know, not that he's, you know, a trained judge a or anything, Chandler a round. former fighter. No, he had, you made Chandler round. He had a chance. Yeah, excuse me. Thank you. He had it, he had it for Chandler. Um, he seemed pretty convinced of that. I, I didn't really think it was, I thought it was close, but I didn't go that way. I really thought Alvarez did take this one. I did notice he was actually using terminology. Yes, that's right. Written in the criteria, though. No, credit so, to Jimmy Smith. I, I've always found him to be a pretty educated voice in there. Um, could he be more educated than an actual judge? No. But I think of former fighters, he 
always sounded like he had the best understanding and, and will to learn uh, these type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like them. I, I like him. I, I just enjoy him. But yeah, as far as our cumulative scores, you have it tied at 19 because you, you had the 10-9 in the first round. I have it 19-18 Chandler because this one I just gave a 10-9 for Alvarez, so it didn't quite balance out that first round, right? Right. All three judges here had it for Alvarez. Chew on that, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> now, <I'm kidding. laughs> so they have it all tied like you at 19 apiece, which is, you know, if, if I was scoring round one like ABC, then yeah, it would do the same. So let's move on to round three. Yeah. And, and you're saying this one, in your opinion, was actually closer. Yeah, I think this was a, a bit closer. Uh, I gave a slight edge in the striking to Alvarez on this one. And okay. just, same as last round, I didn't think Chandler did really much of anything when he did get a takedown. Mm hmm. Uh, so I think Alvarez was slightly more effective, and that I went for ten nine for Alvarez. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think there's much you really need to say here. It was like you said, just a kind of a close round, and without the without the actual kind of effectiveness coming off of those takedowns, and they weren't of the high amplitude variety like we saw in round one. Yeah, no pile driver here. Yeah, I had no problem going Alvarez here uh, as well. But this was the one round of the fight where the judges differed. Oh yeah, what they have. So Derek Cleary and Stephen Davis, not the running back, had uh, Alvarez ten <laughs> nine. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they both have Alvarez up twenty nine twenty eight. They saw it as we did, but Mike Beltran had it ten nine for Chandler here. So he's got Chandler up twenty nine twenty eight. I I want to point this out before I forget. Yeah. The setup for these judges that are sitting around the cage mm. is absurd for how they the- just allow the media or or the photographers or whoever is they're just right there next to the judges moving all over the place. I know I'd probably be distracted, especially Mike Beltran. It seems like he got pushed back to the second row from where he was sitting. Who can push around Mike Beltran? I I, I don't know, but there's these two photographers that are on each, one on each side of them and they're leaning all over the place trying to get the perfect shot while this guy's trying to judge a fight to determine the future of the two athletes in the cage. And you got these two people, it really upset. Like, I was like, this is ridiculous. You move them to another panel. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, even just talking about the shape of the Bellator cage being that full circle, we've heard from judges before who haven't really enjoyed the way that's designed, I believe, right? Yeah, they, I was actually, we, who told us that the, the, the circle seemed to be more obstructive than the octagon? it's escaping me at the moment but yeah that's i can understand that being a little more challenging because the curvature of it like there's going to be parts where things are just hidden because of the actual curvature of the cage i would think and it's in such so big i just can't get over that there are people who had who had the chutzpah to push mike beltran out of the way tough looking dude he is he's a he must be a very kind gentleman who's like yeah all right i'll allow it (laughs) I'm sure he's a, he's professional, so I'm sure they didn't really bother him. But I'm sure, killer it, mustache. It's still not fair that he's basically in the second row now. Yeah, it's it's. So, yeah. I feel like we've come a long way, but maybe maybe this still happens in in yeah, even this, in the high levels. I, I'm not sure. I was it's trying been to a remember. long time since we've had things being totally normal. Yeah, in, it's in true. The fight game, so I've almost forgotten what it's supposed to look like other than when we look back at these old fights it 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 reminded me of the old footage of valley tudo fights in brazil especially the one where henzo's brother got stabbed through the cage like everyone was like right on top of the cage at at this event it seemed and it was kind of no one was stabbed at this one that's good (laughs) yeah i mean as far as i know i don't think anybody got stabbed there crazy i'm anti-stabbing by the way 
Oh, as am I. That's my political stance. <laughs> so, Dan, you have it for twenty nine twenty eight for Alvarez. I actually have it knotted at twenty eight apiece. All right, you're tied up going into the championship rounds. Going into the championship rounds in round four. This, I think you'd have to agree, was probably the biggest round for Chandler, right? Oh, this is for sure his best round of the fight. Uh, he landed that jumping knee earlier. Yeah, it was It was funny that that knee, it kind of was almost like he was playing, not possum, but he was kind of just waiting for that right opportunity. And then Alvarez gave it to him because he wasn't really doing much until that knee. And then all of a sudden exploded. Yeah, I mean, I was totally expecting that to happen to him on Saturday. But um, he must have been wise to it because seven years before he threw it himself. He, uh, yeah, he must know that strike pretty well. <laughs> for a while. They have a long relationship. For a while, the running joke was my flying knee was the best. If you remember yes. that. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I never saw it, but I was always I was always wary of it. <laughs> anyway, he ended up getting a takedown and spent pretty much the whole round there beating on uh, Eddie Alvarez. His face was split open. I mean, everybody's face was kind of messed up well, at this yeah, point. But, you know, because he's on the ground, the blood's going everywhere. Of course. So his, it's like a kind of like a half crimson mask he's got wearing. My dad was actually watching it with me. And yeah. He, he kept asking. He's like, stop the fight. Stop the fight. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he's not really in that much danger. Right? I mean, he's not close to being stopped right now. It just, I know it looks awful, but I mean, he's fine. <laughs> Guy's fine. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, Eddie really didn't have much here. And I thought he had good, good degree of damage here. I went with Chandler. 10-8. 10-8 as well. I, I saw it the same way you did. Um, big round for Chandler. Not quite a 10-8 in the ABC system, so we didn't go to that 10-7. Um, but this was a very solid 10-8 in our system. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that put Chandler up two points on my card, 38-36. to And for you, it had Chandler surge back into the lead at 38-37. Yeah, it's like he, took, he hit the go-ahead three. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that's a good... We're keeping basketball in here. I like this. this <laughs> Uh, but the judges for this one all appropriately gave 10-9 for Chandler. They didn't go to the 10-8. Um, they weren't really giving out 10-8s as frequently back then anyway. So I'm not surprised by that. But yeah, I think even today, I would assume a judge probably would not go to a 10-8 in this one. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I would think that. Yeah, I, 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 there might be a stretch for them now. I would think so. So, you know, the judges scores at this point. Two out of three, Cleary and Davis, they have it tied at 38, which means it really does all come down to the final round. Uh, Beltran had it 39-37 for Chandler, but his score being uh, the outscore, uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Plus, he had people you know, fighting in front of him pretty much. Well, thank goodness, because yeah. uh, you know we wouldn't want a guy who had a <laughs> bunch of people just trying to jump up in front of him to, to <laughs> impact the score. <laughs> I didn't notice it as much as you did. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm just dramatizing, but I, I didn't notice exactly what was going on in front of uh, Beltran for this one. But wow. if that's the case, yeah, I mean, you almost wonder if, if that just, makes it harder to judge. I'd be curious to, to ask a judge like that. Well, it, you have it, you fights know, like this where like the photographers really get in your way and actually like cost you the chance to see critical moments of a fight. I mean, I, I don't think it, it hindered his ability to score the fight. I'm just saying it's just, I'm sure. it's just unnecessary potential there for distraction. Yeah, I get so, you. Because other judges had photographers next to them, except these photographers were considerate that they're sitting next to a judge mm-hmm. and they're not moving all over the place, like sliding their face. Like, or late, maybe they just weren't as lean. fidgety as my kids are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, round five, though, the championship round, the final round, which again was the decisive round. What did you see? I thought 
Alvarez over the course of the round had a, a solid lead in the damage category. I think he checks damage. Uh, early on, it's a very swingy round too because early it on, is, it is. this is a like honestly just a great five minutes to watch. Uh, early on, he gets his back taken by Chandler, and Chandler is attacking a neck crank. Just, I mean, just not going to tap Eddie Alvarez with that. And he's running on fumes at this point, uh, Chandler. Which is just crazy because they said he, he would have the gas tank edge in, at the top of the fight. Incorrect. <laughs> but uh, Alvarez ends up reversed and it gets his own back. And now these rear naked chokes, these were tight. I thought Definitely. these were really two good. Of them. He, had, he had two good attempts here and he had really good ground and pound, which is where, you know, the solid damage edge comes in my... Yep. ...into play. It might be a stretch, but I went... 10-8 for Alvarez. No, I don't think that's a stretch at all. In our system, that's 10-8. Okay. Easy. Okay. Easy in our system. But but uh, I think it would be much tougher again to try and make the case that this is a 10-8 uh, by ABC scoring, modern right. ABC scoring. Yeah. So, no, I, I think this is what a 10-8 round is made for. Even, even with the early success, just because he had Chandler some early success, that doesn't mean automatically he right. can't right. lose by a, a bigger margin if, if Alvarez is doing enough. Yeah, I thought yeah, I, I, I thought he definitely be. yeah he did did enough damage for me to at least get that D. I think so. So ten eight so out. I ended up actually because I had the D ten eight as you did. This fight became a draw for me, and I got Alvarez winning forty seven to forty six. How do you feel about that score? Like in terms of how it represents the fight you watched? I think it. I think it's a good representation. I think both of them, both scores are a good representation. My draw too. You're saying if yeah, because e- either. I don't know if you if 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 you went forty seven forty six Chandler. I think that's a that's a tougher score to justify. Yeah, that would have been tough. I think a, a draw or a slight Alvarez win is probably the way to go. Although having said that, I mean, if if I end up flipping on either round two or three, which were close rounds, right? Yeah, that's true too. Then it's a Chandler win, and actually, it would end up being forty eight forty six. Okay, so, so Chandler I, on my scores. So I should I should say say it this way. I think. If you're if you're grading this fight as a whole, I think you'd pick mm-hmm. Alvarez. I actually really like that I ended up at a draw because I think you can make strong cases for the overall 25 minutes. Again, if you were like playing Pride style, yeah, it, everyone for had. I mean, man. then you can even I guess you can argue for Chandler because he he had the one round that was like there's no doubt. Well, Alvarez uh, had a no doubt round in round five, yeah, but. Yeah. Was it and the I same? Ra- was I it the same level? Had no doubt rounds in round one and four, Chandler. Was was Alvarez's no doubt round better than Chandler's no doubt round? No. So yeah, so it's it's yeah. I guess it draws good. I I still like. I'm I'm okay with my score forty seven forty six Alvarez. That sure yeah, that's a good score. I think. No, I think it's a fine score. I think I think you can do that score. I think you can do. You know, I think you can do. You probably can't do much more than that though for Alvarez. That's the thing. I think you can actually make a case for Ch- Chandler getting four out of five rounds. It's it's something that I would accept if someone someone said. Chandler won forty nine to forty six. Could you look at that and be like, "That's a bad score"? No. Uh, well, I don't know. I thought round two. I didn't. Th- I didn't see it as closely as you as you saw it. So okay, maybe. Again, I I'm happy with my score, and and yeah. actually because of the nature of it, I had three rounds to two for Alvarez. So it would have been forty eight forty seven by that day's scoring. Yeah, I would have had the same thing. So, but but again, if I mean if I'm looking at it and I I see especially round two or three, those are close rounds. You can you can at least you can okay, I can sit yeah. there from my seat and say if someone turned in forty nine forty five for Chandler forty nine forty nine forty six excuse me for Chandler I have to look at that and be like all right I, I get it well, I disagree with it but I get it yeah I, I mean I wouldn't say I wouldn't 
go on Twitter calling it a robbery, the worst scorecard I've ever well, you seen in my life. Anyway, but you're not that. Right, you're not that guy, right? But I'm saying if like this is a scorecard, I can under, I I can see it. I just don't agree with it. Sure, like you said, and that's okay. But either way, it's a fun fight, and you should probably go watch it. Oh yeah, fantastic fight! If you haven't watched it in a while, if you didn't watch it before the show, watch it now. You know, just for fun. Doesn't matter what we said about it. Just enjoy it. It's a good, it's a good fight. Um, unfortunately though, the fans booed. After this I one, did, when Alvarez was announced the that. winner, which yeah. was stupid. Fans are stupid. I'm sorry. If you're a fan, you may not be stupid, but you belong to a group of people who are stupid. <laughs> I was also part of that group of people that was stupid. So, you know, I'm not saying I was booing, but, you know, I was a fan. I still am a fan. What were they so, booing? Yeah. I mean, we're all stupid. Let's just face it. I mean, <laughs> Everyone's did, just stupid. Did they not get a great fight? I know. That was the worst part of it was the fact that they were booing after that fight. It's like, if you don't like the decision, fine. But come on. The, the fight was fun and realistically could have gone either. I mean, did did Chandler have a huge following before? I don't think so. Like, I, for the, I for think the first Alvarez fight, had more fans right, that's at a, that point. That's my thing. Is like, did the first fight Alvarez lose all his fans? I don't know. And the funny so, thing is, too, is usually when you hear a fight where like fans are booing the decision, it's usually, I feel like, when... The losing fighter does really awesome in like the final round, but it's not enough mm. to get the win. And in this case, it was the opposite. A Alvarez <laughs> was very clearly winning the final round, and they were like, "Nope, nope, he still lost." <laughs> Man, fans, so are fans are crazy. Which is the nicer way to say fans are stupid, like I said before. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan used yeah. to really rip on the fans. I don't know if he was told to knock it off or not, but. I kind of missed that I, part of it. I feel like you don't tell Joe Rogan what to do. Uh, he, you don't, but I mean, I, he used to always make fun of all the fans. Like, he so just I, moved on. I mean, he has his narratives. The people <laughs> booing are the ones that are chugging Budweiser's and you know, telling the guy to just stand up. Well, you can't you know, diminish a, a potential a corporate sponsor. Uh, that's true, too. That's that's where you get into trouble. Okay. We don't want to burn bridges here, <laughs> sir. We need your money. It reminds me of me and you when we were at that the guy was yelling, put him in side control. When he had a clinch against the cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fans fans are fun. <laughs> but anyway, this was actually the last fight Alvarez uh, had for Bellator. This is the last time we ever saw him getting booed in a classic fight. And then he jumped to UFC, dropped the decision to Donald Cerrone mm -hmm. September after. And within two years after that, he was the champion. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that kind of made me surprised that this fight was still on their website. I, you know, I didn't even think of looking there first because... Well, neither fighter fights for Bellator anymore. So, I'll tell you why I'm not surprised is because for the longest time Chandler was still there. Well, no, I, I know, I know, I know Chandler was there, but he's gone now. So that's why I was worried. Right. Neither fighter is there. So but that's you're why I thought it was gone. To, what you're saying is that someone who runs the website would be like, "Man, we got to take that fight down." If, and I don't if, think that occurred to them yet. If that was in the UFC, that fight would have been way gone. It's in the app. Here's the thing. Do you, did you use the app or did you just Google it? I Googled it. Okay. So I also have the app. I have the Bellator app and I watched it through the app because it was easier to cast on my mm -hmm. TV. And um, they have like everything back there. Like you, it's it's like a lot of the old stuff. There's articles about Bjorn Rebney and things in there. Like if they're going to leave that, you might as well leave one of the best fights that they could actually yeah, have true. you want to go to their app and watch. That's true. Why would they censor their right. own well, yeah. catalog? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You're right. You're right. I just didn't I'm think of it. I was right. like... I'm not always right. <laughs> but actually, Chandler, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but after he lost this, he kind of went into like this funk. Yeah. He lost two more in a row to Will Brooks. Right. That's why so I he mentioned went from this, earlier. Like, super yeah. hot, on fire, 
prospect in the sport just losing to you know no, no offense to will brooks but like what we've seen from will brooks ever since then is that he basically just made his whole name off those two fights that he beat chandler got hot real quick i mean also the chandler's that fight probably took a lot out of him like i bet it did i mean it was a brutal fight there was basically a, like a 12 year a 12 month period of chandler's career right around here where he lost three in a row and if you take those out you take all those fights out he only lost two more times and one of them was on a doctor stoppage because of an ankle injury in a fight he yeah. wanted to keep going and it wasn't one of the will brooks losses a split i believe so i think that so... it was it was a decision for sure i don't remember if it was split but it was definitely a decision and that was what necessitated the rematch essentially and then and he got tko'd by uh brooks yeah but yeah again if you take away this kind of down period like this little funk that he went into chandler's record is pretty sterling he's got two wins over uh patricky pipple but he also lost, he, to lost Patricio to the, he lost to his brother two so. years ago uh, that was where he lost the championship and honestly anybody who could sit there now that we've seen what we've seen out of chandler in the ufc going against someone that people respected heavily in dan hooker put some respect on patricio pitbull's name yeah why don't we just bring him over to the ufc like he doesn't want to go he's treated very well well, he should go. I saw... Uh, I you believe... can't make comments like, oh, I'm the best featherweight, but then not go fight the best featherweights. Like, I mean, you can make the case he's the best lightweight, too, if he wants to. Well, he can go make that case, but then go prove it. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, I want it, too, but like... Why don't I mean, we do a little cross-promotion here? Getting paid? I, I get it. There needs to be cross-promotion. Some, some people are happy to be the big fish where they are, and that's okay. If he's making a comfortable living and, and he likes it there, I don't know what the details of his setup are with Bellator. Maybe he's compensated very well. I, I bet know. he makes a lot of money there. I My understanding is, uh, I, I'm trying to remember who posted earlier uh, this week. It's escaping me, but um, a, a reporter did say on Twitter that per a source, Pitbull still has a few fights left on his contract. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon, necessarily. One day, there needs to be cross-promotion. UFC will never do it willingly. That would take government intervention. So we'll see. I'll force them to do it. <laughs> I'm sure Dan has been just shaking in his boots, waiting for Dan Urban to get involved. He don't want me involved. No, no, I guess not. But yeah, that was it for this fight. But we do have a movie judgment before we close out. And this time it was you who watched the movie, The Martian. Yeah, I like this movie. What did you think? You liked it? Yeah, I had. this was a fun movie. Oh, good. I'm glad. This was, I didn't even look at my phone during it at all. So this was. Well, you're not supposed to. It's a solid movie. I mean, I mean, look at the phone. Matt Damon can't grow facial hair for nothing. No. That beard was was. He can do a lot of things, but that was that's. Yeah. That was no Tom Hanks castaway beard. I don't have a great beard either. I'm not one to talk. <laughs> but yeah, fun movie, and I I, I wish it was a true story because that'd be awesome. You wish it was a true story that some man had to spend. A year and a half on Mars alone. I mean, that's a hell of a story. You're a sadist. That is like, I mean, I wish I I don't want to be the one that had to do it. But <laughs> I wish it on someone else. I don't. Me. I don't wish it on someone else. I just. I mean, if that was an actual true story, that you is wish awesome. that we had the story of him overcoming. I understand. Yeah. I get. Like, I'm just being a jerk. Because then, well, then I mean, guess. Oh well, we prove we have life on Mars because he grew potatoes, a ton of potatoes. Well, he was also life on Mars. Um, yeah. All right. But he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't he originate there. on there. He moved there. <laughs> he did. He is a resident, <laughs> resident of Mars for a while. He, that's why it's called the Martian. I don't know if you knew that. Did you put that together? I figured it out. <laughs> so, so yeah. First off, I also should say too. I really thought that this was uh, a good cast here. Even some of the smaller roles that we had, uh, like Donald Glover popping up in there. 
Donald Glover. Is that uh, Chance the Rapper? No, no, you're mixing him up. That's he is um, Childish Gambino. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You ever you never watched like Community? Nah. I should uh-huh. watch Community. It's really funny. It goes. It's it's a lot less traditional than you think it is. You should okay. watch it. So yeah, so, and go then, watch that uh, in your spare time. Who is it? Michael Michael Pena's in there too. Yes, he is. I like Michael Pena. I've always been a fan. Uh, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. She's a yep New York Giants relative. Jessica Chastain, very good actress. Oh, yeah, so- solid cast. Uh, solid cast. Jeff Daniels. Yeah, from, from Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and, and other Dumber things, fame. obviously. He wasn't Dumb and Dumber in this one. No, he was not. He's quite a smart guy. He often isn't, actually. <laughs> Usually just in Dumb and Dumber movies. I saw an ad for Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber 2 or whatever their sequel was. I never Dumb and Dumber er I don't remember what. what no, actually, was. it was Dumb and Dumber 2 T.O. Okay. They styled it like T.O. I never see. I saw it. I saw it. I was like, oh man, I forgot they did this sequel. I haven't never it's watched not it. It's terrible, yet. but you know, it's it's pretty forgettable. I don't, I don't remember much about it. But uh, I wonder if if uh, Matt Damon actually went the Christian Bale route to emaci- and went to Mars to emaciate himself towards the I end of the movie. I think he did a little bit. Yeah, or I'm not sure. If I, that's I a bit CGI, I think he did, but I don't know. I don't. I couldn't confirm that. I wish they explained why he had so many sores too, because I didn't understand why he had all these scars and stuff. But uh, probably a lot of malnourishment, I would assume. I guess so. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. There's, I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, but maybe yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, probably a lot of the same clothes rubbing against him and things. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're we're going into the weird category of this. Let's, let's circle back. Tell me, what did you score this movie? Uh, very solid 10-9. Very solid 10-9. Okay. Yeah. Is this the, the best one you've yeah, seen in Movie Judgment? this would be at the top. Okay. Top of the you list. Got a new gold standard. Yes, sir. All right, I'm gonna think of movies like this for you now too, because I, I when when I'm thinking of movies for you, I'm typically thinking of comedies, which you see most of the ones that I would show you, um, and then like action movies, which I feel like you missed a lot of them, but you know we we got to break it up here and there. You know, I saw um I saw Luke Thomas on Twitter talking about Heat today. You never saw Heat, and I was like, ah, I don't know, I own it, I never watched it though. I haven't seen Heat in like a very long time. I probably saw it in high school, mm. so. It, for me, it's probably worth going back to when I can find three consecutive hours to watch it. <laughs> you know what actually intrigued me to want to watch it was I was like, oh, wait, Val Kilmer was in this? All right, I like Val. So <laughs> It wasn't Pacino. It wasn't De Niro. No. Val Kilmer put it, was, it over for it, yeah. Hey, this was Val Kilmer's period. Absolutely. <laughs> I understand. And that's it for this one. I hope you guys enjoyed this show, this fight we look back at. If you haven't watched The Martian, go watch it. Dan likes it. I like it. Yeah, it's a, a great movie. Unfortunately, we got no fights on Saturday, as we mentioned. Uh, maybe there's some other like promotion that's having fights that we might catch or something. There are. I mean, there's smaller promotions out there. I, I'll probably just take the weekend off. But, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. There's more UFC. I've got some stuff I'm working on, uh, interviews next week. So, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to plug them then. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. <laughs>